My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And today, you guys were talking about what we would tell our younger selves. So think about 13 going on 30. Isn't that 30? Like if you – I do too. (laughs) If you could go back and tell your younger self anything, and if you have teenagers, what would you tell them? You know, I'm going to use my daughter who is 20. You know what I would tell her? Gosh, it's so crazy. But anyways, before we before we dive into that, I am going to have my co-hosts introduce themselves. We have Lauren here. Actually, I'll, I'll just introduce you guys if, if that's good. Yeah. We have Lauren, um, Dana, and Tom Keen. If you guys want to read more about them, pop on to our page and you can, you can read their bios and investigate them if you must. But let's go ahead and jump into this lovely topic. It's one I honestly had to think about, but it's something that I sit back and as I have a 20-year-old daughter, I tell her those things, but then I'm mad when she, when she abides by them. And I say this in the sense that maybe it's a part of me that wishes I could have done that. Do you know what I mean? My, my 20-year-old lives so freely. I feel like, you know, she, she doesn't, you know, I had a child at her age. Gosh, I, I would have had a three, four-year-old. Isn't that so crazy? So things that I think about that I just, I wish going back in time, I would have lived my life for me instead of everybody else. I'm so guilty of that, you know, where I I put everybody else's needs before myself and I didn't ever live in the moment. And I thought that being busy all the time was like this badge of honor and having a, a child, I thought I'd do everything myself. And, you know, I really wish I would go back and tell myself, girl, don't do those student loans, like work your ass off and you make that money. Because the thing is like when your parents don't educate you about student loans, my parents didn't, you're like, oh, well, oh, I can take enough money out to live and pay my, my class tuition. Oh yeah. And then 20 years later, when you have to repay it, you're like, Oh gosh. So it's so interesting. I told my daughter this, you know, all these things that I learned or, you know, just to even like little things like loving yourself. Gosh, I look at my daughter and she's like, oh, I feel like I've gained weight. And I know this is, I think, all part of womanhood, womanhood. But I always ask myself if I ever made a big deal out of my weight, you know, but Mm -hmm. I probably did when I was younger, like, oh, I've got to diet or I've got to do this. And instead of really being just okay or happy with the person that I was because my mom was so worried about her weight growing up. It was this huge thing. And I think it trailed into myself. Whereas I'm so much more present now with myself that I don't say that to my younger kids where I'm really like, 
no, you should love your body. You should take care of your body, but you should love your body in mm-hmm. any stage that it's in. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I, yeah, Lauren here. I resonate with that. Like, I can remember my mom's, you know, standing in her walk in closet in her matching track suit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my. Super in. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, just being really angry at herself, like nothing fitting, nothing, you know, it was just, yeah, just I, this constant conversation of just like not feeling good in her own body. And I do think about that often. Yeah, I think I, about how it s- did sink in in ways that I wasn't present to when I was young, but having two daughters now who are, still are young, four and seven, I think about it all the time. Like I'm very conscious of just being very vocal about how much I love my body and how grateful I am that I can move these two legs and that I'm healthy and that, you know, I get to do yoga because of this body. I get to pick you up and throw you in the air because of this body. Like there's not really a lot of conversation around food or guilt or shame when it comes to body. And I, I do think that's learned from watching our own mothers. Mm 100%. 100%. And they were doing the best they can, right? Yeah. They, were, they, they weren't having the conversation with their moms either. But gosh, what a learning lesson. But it's a trickle-down effect, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's a trickle-down effect that we hear it from other people. Yeah. You know, it's – I even like just thinking, you know, we with everything at the heightened state, you know, with racism and stuff, like something I do wish I would have told my younger self and I say to my, my youngest is – stick up for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. my parents didn't do that. They weren't like, Elizabeth, be kind to everybody. It wasn't like, I I feel like it was just assumed. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to be good to everybody. But unfortunately, we live in a world that it's not that way. And we have to constantly be reminded to be human and to feel and to love and to accept. And, you know, I think I I would go back and tell myself, to stand up for people. Cause I've seen like, just even thinking as I was growing up, like things that I knew what I knew were wrong and I never yeah. spoke up and I want to teach my girls and my son. when you see something that isn't right to say something and not just stand on the sidelines and be like, gosh, that was really messed up that that person did that instead being the voice and saying, wow, that was like, what, what are you doing or stepping in or things like that. And I think that it's lost on people to to do that. I, I, I know this is a little off topic, but I was going to, I was just telling a friend earlier that I don't know if you've heard of the next generation of kids is so seven to nine year olds. It might be a little younger are called generation alpha. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So this generation of kids cares more about social justice than millennials or Gen Zers. So let that so like sit oh. with that for a minute. Do you know why? Because we're they're seeing all of this stuff firsthand. Yeah, Our young, yeah, <laughs> we're having the conversations. We're doing that stuff. Like that's a testament. Imagine the children, like you know, my youngest, my two year old. What it will be like if parents continue to to share that part with their kids. And I know that's a little off topic, but you know, it's it's something that's very real that I think about often. That I. I wish I would have gone, you know, as everything's kind of at a climax of, you know, speak up, be that, be that person. Gosh, I wish what I would have, I would have done it younger or when I was younger. So definitely that. So Dana here. So I know for me, 
I would say what I would tell my younger self, it goes more back to my view of myself. For me, for sure, like the one thing I will say is I feel like my heart stayed pure. So I was I was the little uh, girl in class that would stick up for everybody and like act like I'm going to fight somebody. Even though I, <laughs> I love that. Nothing. But I really would like to protect my innocence mm. because mm. for me, my heart was so big for everyone, but not everybody has pure intent. Yeah. And so I put myself in a lot of situations, in a lot of relationships, whether friendships or you know, romantic relationships that I should have protected myself. And I don't feel like, and and probably again, because a lot of other things going on in my childhood during that time, and I just wanted to be seen and I wanted to be loved. And so I was seeking that from so many different sources that I didn't really understand what it looked like. Yeah. And so I would settle for relationships and they just weren't healthy for me. They weren't good for me. And because I did that, I feel like even where I am now at 35, almost 36, that it took me a long time to heal from those things. And even when I think about once I got married, once I had kids, it's like, how do you fully open up your heart when you're like, it's been hurt so many times. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. and I just want, I, I just would say like, you know, guard your innocence, but stay pure. Like you don't have to harden yourself when the good things come in, like be aware of that. There was a lot of things that my parents, of course, tried to tell me and like, I didn't want to hear it. So like transparency, I left my parents' house when I was 16 years old. And I thought that like, I understood the world. I knew. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I knew what I was doing. And I put myself in a situation, I had my own place, but at 16, you can't put anything in your name. And so I end up actually, for a period of time, living out of my car. I had a period of time where, and and again, I think it was a trickle effect of, again, putting myself in relationships and situations where it was like, if you would have just listened, or if you would have just opened your eyes that that person didn't have good intent for you. Yeah, I think that's that's my biggest thing. Just protect that innocence, but keep your heart pure. Oh, Tom Keen. Yeah. So, yes. So, this is Tom Keen. And this one is a little bit an emotional one for me because it takes me back to a place in my high school life. I'm thinking of sitting alone, not fitting into groups, um, not really finding my place in in the greater world, and just being very confused as to who I am and where I belong. And I spent a lot of my teenage years being very alone because I just, I, I want the group I wanted to fit in with, the people I wanted to fit in with, I would be with them, but it wasn't like I wasn't being true to myself. And the person, the people who, um, who, who were friends with me or who wanted to be friends with me, I felt like I didn't belong there either. So it was a lot, a big confusion time for me. And I would say as an advice to my younger self, I would be, be friends with myself first nice. because the friend I'm seeking, the love I want, the place I want to belong to doesn't reside outside of me. It's within me. And that is something as a 40 plus year old woman, I have come to realize that no one can, re- no one could have really made me feel like, you know, I was a part of, of their circle. No one could have, could have accepted me in that way when I had not even accepted my own self yeah. um, for who I was. 
for what I was and for with all my imperfections. And uh, I think I ran away from that for so long and found myself battling things like depression and, and all sorts of things and anxiety and panic attacks because I feel like there was just this part of me that I just wanted to deny because I didn't think that that was the right person to be. And so if I could give advice to myself, and I, I tell my children that all the time, that you are the perfect version of yourself with all your imperfections, with all the things that, you know, they who you are, you are created perfectly by the one who creates perfectly. So, you know, there is nothing wrong with you. And I wish I, I, I wish I believed that for myself when I was younger. There was nothing wrong with me and I was perfect in, in the way that I was and which is imperfect. So, yeah, to be friends with myself first. Gosh, that's a tough one because do we even <laughs> going into adulthood? Tom Keen, like I'm sitting here, like, oh, gosh, I'm still working on that, guys. Like, I, I, I and, and yeah, and it's hard, but, but I, I, I feel like sometimes teenagers are so they're denying so much part of themselves because they want to please their parents. Sometimes yes. they want to fit into a group of friends, and I feel like sometimes they're just. And they're kind of like these adult bods because I'm looking at my three teenagers. I've got three teenagers at home. And their their bodies are kind of like, like these grown guys, tall and, and, and kind of like rough and edgy. But I know the, the little boy hearts that they have. And I know that them they're just going through this phase in life where they're like, okay, I want to do good in school, but I want to be, you know, I want to have cool friends and I want to do this and I want to do that. But I feel like, you know, they're not really, um, they're just running around, not really even taking a moment to themselves. Mm-hmm. And in and if they don't catch that early, then you're going, going to becoming adults who don't really get into the habit of listening to yourself either. Yeah. I, I'm going to piggyback off of that one because that was actually along the lines of what I was going to say. Like, if I could go back and tell little Lauren anything, it would just <laughs> be, it's it's okay to be your yeah. whole self. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally, my parents um, got divorced when I was around, I wasn't super young, but around nine, but it was pretty much around that age. That's kind of my first memory. That's impressionable. Yeah. That age. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, I, I can't remember that much before that. So I think that says something like I remember things because I saw photos of it. Right. But I don't really have any clear memories until right around that time. And I think it's because it was such an impressionable time of my mm-hmm. life. And so at a young age, I learned really quickly how to compartmentalize myself and how to show up in different situations. So, Ugh. you know, who I had to be when I was with my mom, yeah. who I had to be when I was with my dad, mm. who I had to be when I was with their side of the family, you know, who I had to be to be accepted by my friends, to to be the best, you know, all-A student, just all the things, right? Like I, I would basically teach myself how to show up and how it's safe to show up here. Yeah, And honestly, yeah. it hasn't been until very very recently where I realized like, okay, like you are all dimensions of yourself. You cannot compartmentalize everything you do is exactly who you are, everything. And and if you don't clear that up early, it shows up in your relationships, your yeah. friendships, your businesses. Like I can't even tell you as a multi-passion entrepreneur how long it took me to understand like it's okay to show up as this person when I'm playing this role in this business or the other way around, right? Like I would always think like, okay, in this situation, I need to show up as a real estate agent. In this situation, I'm showing up as the mentor. In this situation, I'm showing up as the mobile bar business owner. That's exhausting. It's exhausting. And and then you're like, who the hell am I? At the end of the day, like who am I? Let alone being a mother and a wife, right? So I think if I could go back, I know if I could go back, I would just... 
hold on to little Lauren so tightly and say, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure to, to divide yourself. But the sooner you can understand that your whole self is safe here and, and needs to show up here to do the work that you're meant to do in this world, the easier yeah. it will be. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates with me. Uh, yeah, that resonates deeply. I think me and Lauren are going through a healing journey of our own and right. at the same time. Yes. Because I think I came to that realization very just recently myself. And and it's, it's you know, it's, I, I find, I'm in my 40s, but I find my 40s to be this, this really magical time, this really, like, time of wisdom for myself because I feel like I'm making peace with the parts of my life that have passed by and not kind of just like uh, like tightening up at the thought of it and and deciding with the with the with the thinking that has grown up up to this point and and taking her hand and we both facing our future together hand in hand yeah. um as a whole person the person who has faults and did many mistakes and owning up to them and forgiving myself i I've, I've done a lot of forgiveness work of myself forgiving myself for gaining a lot of weight and becoming overweight um, as an overweight woman and missing out on many things, but also just almost dying inside in this body that I felt like wasn't representing who I was at the core of myself. And forgiving myself for being the mother in parts where I was just so deficient and just so depleted that I couldn't be the mother who my younger children needed me to be in that time and space. Forgiving myself for being you know, just vulnerable. Like I, I'm one of those people who's honest and my emotions are on my sleeve. I'll tell you, you know, how I like you and that you're my friend. And I put that all out, but I used to think that's my weakness. But I've come to the point where I feel like that's what makes me me. That's not my weakness. That's yeah. just, that's just what makes me unique. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I think I'm like, I'm on like a love journey in my forties yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm loving every piece. I'm excited to get there. Self-love journey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I need to get those forties. Dana, did you? Yeah. So I, I just wanted to. So one of in, in my business, in like my vision for everywhere I want to go, one of my key things is to give voice and opportunity to people that haven't had the support or the the possibilities to be represented. And the reason that's a core piece of me, it goes back to my child. I have always been a dreamer, like always, always been a dreamer. I used to tell, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an artist. Yep. And I remember <laughs> I remember being in school and a, a little boy saying, but you're not that very good at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was a boy. <laughs> right, right. And I remember, and I remember like a teacher telling me one time that I couldn't, I couldn't paint my son orange because the sun is yellow. And I said, who says the sun is yellow? My sun is orange. And I remember just feeling as I got older, I had all these dreams. I had all these ambitions, but I didn't have anybody saying, you know what? Let's make it happen. Yeah. Like, and so what I, another part of what I would say is if you want to paint all of the zebras pink, let's go find some paint. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like so many times, especially as children, if we come from a certain culture or if we come from a certain background, like my father worked very, very hard for all of us to go to college. Like that was so important to him. He had us in private schools. He sacrificed a lot to move us out to the suburbs because he wanted us in certain schools, but it was all about that education because he didn't have that opportunity. And when I decided that that wasn't what I wanted, right, then there was an issue. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember when I was making the trip to South Africa and I had written my book and both of my parents, their response is like, well, how much money do you make from doing that? Of course. Money. <laughs> yeah. Back to money. Yeah. Forget the passion. <laughs> what comes to mind when you think about cannabis? Have you ever considered cannabis as a 3 p.m. pick-me-up? See you later, fourth cup of coffee. <laughs> what about using cannabis to help you sleep better? Bye-bye counting sheep. And when your day has been more than chaotic, save that wine for another night. Because at Cloud Cannabis, they help customers live higher to be the best versions of themselves. Ready to explore? Visit a Cloud Cannabis store and let their bud tenders guide you to the products that will complement your busy lifestyle and be the best version of you. Use the code DMP, that's D as in dog, M as in Mary, and P as in peanut, at checkout in-store or online to get $10 off when you spend $75 or more. Visit www.cloudcannabis.com to learn more. And it's, it's like it didn't even dawn on me because I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm bringing like hope to people. And this is like my vision, my passion. And even I remember my mother, my real mother, the cover of my book, like, and she's like, it, it's my daughter that's on the cover of the book. And she's like, well, don't you think that that will narrow your reach if you're only reaching black people? And I'm like, oh my well, gosh. I'm black. So yeah. <laughs> <good to> me. <laughs> and even, and honestly, even if I only touch one person. To me, that right, that yeah. was my dream. Yeah, yeah, that was my yeah, exactly. purpose. Um, and so I do feel like sometimes we have to realize. And and one of the things when I talk to my daughter who's eleven, I'm like, you know, there's so many things that I I don't resonate with the stuff that she enjoys and things. But I'm like, what do you want to do, baby? Like, mm -hmm. how can I make this happen? I don't know how to do videography and anime, but let's find somebody that does so that they can that. be your mentor and yeah. you can do this. Like, so I think too, like, let our kids dream. Yeah. Like, if I could, little Dana, like, dream <laughs> big girl, like, keep going. I yeah. love, I'd love to speak to the opposite of that, actually, because my, Mostly my dad, who was an entrepreneur, right? They, from like day one, like, I feel like I came out of the womb and they were like, you're off. And my dad was <laughs> like, what? You're an entrepreneur now. And so he was always like, dream big. You can do anything. I mean, he, I, I can remember driving in his car at like four, you know, he had a, a Corvette at the time. We would drive with the top down and he would have Jim Rohn playing like on a cassette tape, right? Like I, I was very lucky to grow up, you know, understanding a lot of personal development work. And so he was like, go dream big, anything, you can do whatever you want it to be. And, and I think it's funny now looking back, like I went to school for acting. I wanted to be an actor so badly, nobody could talk me out of it, which is why I think this is a hilarious topic because I know even <laughs> if I could go back and talk to Lauren, she'd be like, screw you. Like, this is it for me. Like, I, yeah. I already know what my dream is. Like, let me go. And, but, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, like, no wonder I wanted to be an actor. Like, I was already doing that. I was yeah. doing that on a day-to-day -day day -day basis in the containers of being and showing up as the person who I needed to be. In particular situations. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I feel really grateful that my family, that they were like, go, like, you can be, like, no one was like, you know, this is really hard. It's going to be yeah. really hard for you. I kind of wish they would have. But I don't know that I would have listened, you know? I don't know that I would have listened. Yeah. And even, you know, going back to the idea of, of my dad saying, be an entrepreneur, I mean, I almost had shame for years when I was an employee, 
like it felt wrong wow, to be yeah. an employee. And, and so I, I just always constantly think I take this conversation back to the idea of my own children as well. And, and sort of being like, do anything you want, you know, but like also not putting that pressure on them to feel like you must do, yeah. you must create, you know, because yeah. we really just step in the, in the footsteps of our parents. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of like always listening to her rather than being like, you know, let's do this, let's do that, dream big, you need to be your own business owner, right? Like putting all of my stuff on her. I'm just more like, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? Yeah. I think it's such a hard question, though, though, to ask our small children, right? Because one day they want to be a soccer player, the next day a postmaster, you know, like... That's why I don't like to ask, like, what do you want I to know, do? I know, because I think I'm it's like, so hard. They don't understand who they are yet. And, like, it would it be more impactful to have the conversation of, like, you know, who, who do you feel like you... I don't know, just around the conversation yeah. of who you are and really discovering who you are, you know? No, I think it's... I think- Go ahead, I think for me, at least, I, I focus, I don't think I have ever with my, at least with my high school senior I have, but not with anyone who is younger, we've ever spoken about who they want to be when they grow up type of a conversation, because I think I always tell them that their heart will lead them in the right direction, to trust their heart, to trust, to trust God, and to turn to God for that guidance and for that, and for that direction. So my focus with my kids has always been, and my advice to them, as I, as like I said, my my daughter's a high school senior, so she's graduating in a few weeks now, and I have like a little daughter. She's about eight. She's about seven, not eight yet. But and I tell them to just because of I guess my own experiences, I want them to just be comfortable with who they are, and and rely on God to guide them through it. That that little voice inside of their head is for a reason. That that little flame in their heart is is, is telling them something. So my wish and uh, for my children is to tune in and go inward because all the answers are right there. And um, even if that means they have to go against me, if that that then I guess you know, I'm not going to say in front of them, but I'm telling you that um, that is fine with me. But as long as they're true to who they they are, because when they're true to themselves, I think that they will be fulfilling that the uh, fulfilling themselves in 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 who they are supposed to be in this world. Yeah, I think that's why it's such a funny topic. And I know we've said it so many times, like our parents, our parents, our parents. And I just always go back to this idea of like, they're just always doing the best that they possibly could with yeah. what they had, with what, with the understanding. What they were taught. Like, right, right, right where yeah. they were in that moment, you know, and I, and I, with my children, it's a constant conversation. I'll literally put my hand on, on my kids' hearts at night and just say like, just trust yourself. That's all, like, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all yeah. you have to do is just trust your inner knowing. And if you can follow that, you'll be okay. It, everything won't be great or perfect, but, but you'll be okay. And, and you'll figure it out if you just trust your inner knowing. I just, I, I do wish as children, someone would have said that to me. Like, hey, that little voice, that's you. Like that, that's you. And you can yeah. trust that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say for me, I feel like an important thing was building on the generation. So I, I, again, like I, what my parents, what my father in particular built was amazing. And if it wasn't for him putting me in that situation, I wouldn't have gone next level for my, my, my children. So I do think it's super important. And, and, and I think my parents would agree. They're like, you know, we did this so you can do better. Like we want you guys to do better than where we were. And we have more at our disposal now. So even I feel like 
when I tell the story, like you can be whatever you want to be, like who knew that like YouTubing would be like a whole job, you know what I mean? And people make more money than a doctor. Like, so, so I just think that that does go back to your intuition, your heart, because as you evolve, like there might be positions that you are just right for that don't even Mm -hmm. exist yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. What a great point. Yeah. You know, recent learning for me has been, you know, from my son. So I have two girls and I have one son in heaven. And the the thing that he has taught me most is a saying I literally have tattooed on my wrist and it says, be here. And it's just this constant reminder of like, this is it. Like, this is the present Mm, moment. This is what, this is the moment that I want to be present for. And, and I think that's something that I would tell my younger self as well. Like, just be here. Enjoy. Like, don't you remember that time? Like, yeah. And my daughter already does yeah. it. She's like, Mom, when I'm 13. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and every time I'm like, just be here, honey. Like, this is the best, absolute, most yeah. perfect place you could be. And, and like, how many times did we do that as kids? Like, I can't wait to be in high school. I can't wait to be in college. I can't wait to live on my own. I can't wait to have my own job. And then every step along the way, you're like, I really miss when I was in high school. I really miss when I was in college. You know, like, it's just like, if we could just understand, like, this is it, like this present moment. And that's, I think that's why it's become such a strong force in my work is, yeah, I want to help women grow and and build the business of their dreams and have the life of their dreams. But it's, what does that all mean if we're just not present for the life that we're in right now? Like that's the goal, the presence right now. It's a, but it's a hurry up. You know, I think of my daughter, you know, I grew up, my parents like, you go to college, you get straight A's, you do this. The more, you know, the more that you educate yourself. Yeah. And I look back and I was like, gosh, I'm not even using my career at what I went to school for. I'm in student loan debt. (laughs) And here my daughter, you know, decided she went to school. It wasn't her thing. And she was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And it took me like six, a good six months not to be mad, like to it's be funny. like, God, I, I worked. Well, no, but so, so for me, I think of all I sacrificed so she could have a yeah, really good yep. life. Do you know what I mean? I can, that she could go yeah, to school. Yeah. And I equated school with education means more money. She wouldn't have to worry and stress, you know, because I I knew what it was like to eat ramen noodles and worry about your next meal and stuff like that when I had her going through school. And so it took me, like, I'm telling you guys, like, I was so mad. And it was like six months where I was like, shit, she actually did what she wanted to do. She's doing what she wants to do, not what I want her to do. Not what the world is telling her to do. Not what society is, you know, like she's doing what she wants to do. And it takes me sometimes to sit back and be like, she has to learn, Elizabeth. She has to learn on her own. And my therapist will be like, she's not you. And I think that's the hardest part as parents to remember, right? To sit back and be like, I'm like, well, she doesn't do that. Well, I would never do that. And my (laughs) therapist will be like, well, good thing she's who she is and you're who you are. And I feel like it's going to give her so much more grit because she chose it. Yeah. 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 I was going to say that, you know, I kind of, I just thought about uh, in this topic, it's kind of important to also discuss all the things that we go through in our own lives, like our own personal traumas um, and experiences, how not to base our children's based on that. So that generational trauma, breaking that with us, if that's something that we got passed on to from our own mothers and their mothers. So um, I catch myself now trying to make a, a stop of the things that I wish to not continue or I wish that didn't happen with me. 
So just being a little bit like more confident in my body, for example, or other stuff where I'm, you know, being the martyr of the family, you know, taking on a lot and just like sacrificing yourself and your dreams and everything for the sake of your family. And, and I catch myself now wanting to not do that for, for my daughters and, and making that, that intentional decision to not do that anymore. And it comes from a place of getting to a place, you know, I'm like, I'm working on my memoir right now and I sit back sometimes writing it and I just think about, wow. And I'm just basically, healing while writing it because I'm realizing all the stuff that I carried with me and now I have that power now to stop that from being carried on to my daughters. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really impactful to kind of look at yourself and think that, okay, if I didn't like it for myself when I was growing up, then, then I'm sure that my daughters are not going to like that for themselves either and catch myself before I've passed that on to them. Yeah. You know, I love that, Tumkeen, because it's a continual healing process. Like we are continually healing the tiny versions of ourselves. And whether or not we have a trauma that feels like a big T or a little T, it's like we we all have something that we're working through, the the layers that we're really just trying to remove. And honestly, for me, it took until, until I experienced the loss of my son, I don't think I was very vulnerable in front of my girls. Like, it was it was an eye opener that I had taken the role of life is great. I am so positive. Yeah. Things always work out, and I just always thought that that was such a beautiful way to be for my girls. Suddenly experiencing loss, I was like, oh my god, they have no like they literally had not seen me cry, sad, mad like to the extremes till that point. They never saw the vulnerable side of their mother that was just experiencing life and feelings and and just truly living. And and the moment I'll never forget this. My daughter was 5 at the time and I came in her room and she asked me about Ben because he's a constant conversation in our, in our house. We we made it very clear to our whole family he will continue to be a part of our family. We will talk about him. You know, and so she, they talk about them nonstop, like to my detriment sometimes. <laughs> and I came in the room and she just asked me something simple about him and I broke down and she legit, like, I didn't know what to do. Like she hadn't seen me cry that hard. And I, you know, we just held each other and I said, you know, honey, if, if you can understand this, like these, these deep feelings and emotions, they will come. And if you just allow yourself to be in that. Like yeah. truly be in them. Like, I just want to cry with you right here. Is that okay? Yeah, mommy, it's okay. Like instead of shutting it down and shutting it off and, and not being able to go there and being that example for her, like we can't go there. Right. And, and so again, I, I think that's a learned thing, right? As a child, I don't remember ever having that experience. I don't remember my mom, yeah. down, at least not in front of me. I heard her cry in the shower. Right. Like, so if, if we can impart some of that, some of the, the realness, the vulnerability, the actual things that we're going through, with our children, maybe they'll, they won't be having this Instead of sheltering them. Yeah. I think this is probably like a whole nother topic, right? Like how we don't want to basically raise our children the way that we were raised. Uh, But don't get me wrong. There are probably some parents, some people out there that are like, oh, I want to be raised just like my, (laughs) just the way my parents raised me. That's awesome. I, I want know. To take what I've learned yeah. and expand. Put your yeah. own yeah. spin on you it. Take, you take Thank the positive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Now this is how I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Know? There are so many pieces to it because, like, I even i I would tell my like in my 20s, even not even my whole younger self is just wear the bathing suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop caring what other people think <laughs> yep. because those people on the beach are going to see you for how long. I missed out on so many moments with my my daughter, even even up until probably like three years ago. 
I got in a bathing suit, like actually, or before I used to sit on the sidelines and just take pictures. And I got in a bathing suit. My husband was like, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I know you like this. Mm-hmm. And I just literally sat in Torch. We were up at Torch Lake. I literally just sat in this tube and I just laid out in it. And I, I felt like in those, like it was right after I lost my parents, I was like, gosh, life is just so damn short. And if you always worry what other, you know, like in, in, in moments where people don't give a crap, Mm -hmm. but you miss out on so many pieces of your kid's life because you're so worried. You're like, you're not truly enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, I can take pictures. I'm, I see how their excitements are, their excitement is, but to be in that pool with them, excited and, and, you know, playing with them, that's total, it's a totally different experience. And it's just something that I, I wish I would worry less about, you know, would have worried less about, even I still struggle with it today. This is still like an ongoing, an ongoing thing. And it's a work in progress that is just like a constant. And I just wish that I would, you know, would have done it sooner, you know, just the simplest things. It's like, take the trip, eat the croissant, yeah, kiss the boy. Like do the it is that later. You yep. like sometimes I I think for some reason we feel so self important. Everything feels so big at the time, and then you get older and you realize like it was just this little blimp. Like sometimes I think about this when I go to the airport. I'm like nobody knows me here. Like, yeah, there's not one person. That knows it's me a beautiful here. thing, right? Like what? Like what a humbling moment of like if I made any mistake right yeah. here, no one would ever remember. Yeah, or even I think of like okay, the reality is you you were in high school. How many of those people affect your life now? Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I can. I don't even remember their name. No, I I have one person. I'm sure she'll listen to this podcast. She actually moved away from where we come from, and she as actually one of my biggest cheerleaders for Detroit mom. And uh, she probably is the only person that from my childhood that I, mm-hmm. and you know, we still like obviously need to get together with co- <laughs> hashtag COVID. But yeah, like none of them, you guys, like literally not one of those people that I can think of that, it, that actually has an effect on my life today. And I think something Lauren that that was said in one of our groups was you are not your past. Do you know what I mean? So all those people that yeah. live in the past of you, mm-hmm. of how you used to be, and you're not that person anymore, the the person you've evolved into. And, you know, I look at, gosh, my daughter, I feel like she, hopefully she never listens to this, but <laughs> like I'm really good with relationships. Whereas my daughter, I feel like it's a little bit, she's hard headed, she's stubborn. And whereas I'm just more like, okay, like I'm stubborn for a minute. I'm like, all right, you know, like, I can be really easy. And going. Yeah, I think, and along those lines, though, I think we've grown wiser because of what we've experienced. Yeah. And I think just like that, our kids will also gain their own wisdom and go through their own journey as they learn through their own life experiences. So I think as moms, we really want to protect our kids from being hurt in 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 ways that we were, or to protect them in in just like you know, just like physical, emotional, mental health. But Let them they will have their so, own journey. Yeah, they um, have to. One day they may it. sit in front of their couch and complain about their mom. As much yeah. as I think that oh. that, was, that was so great. Yeah. I think so we have we, to let them make those mistakes. Yes, I think so too. Do you guys I, do I do like that? Do you, oh sorry, you like look at your children and at least for me, mine are so little, I, I look at them and think like when's like the first big heartbreak gonna come? Like when's the first real yeah. hurt? Like I like I want to just been like there. hold them yeah. and save them from that. Right. I mean they're so little that I'm yeah. still like, Oh my God, like you're still just like, because you remember it. I can control all your experiences. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but at the same point, I don't know if you guys, 
can we? Like, yeah. kids are resourceful. No, Where there's a will, there's a way. Like, kids right. are just so resourceful these days. And I think you can only protect their innocence for so long before right. you have to educate them on on things. Like, gosh. Well, but kids, when you have that kids who are growing up as minorities, these kids grow up really fast and too fast. My children, wow. like, you know, for them, the sad realities of the world that they live in, that they've come age six, seven at home saying, hey, mom, in school, kids were saying that we are this or we are that. Uh-huh. Or that, you know, they watched the news and yeah. they said that are all of Muslims like this? Are all Muslims like that, mom? Oh. You know, and they've come to me with some real hard questions. And and the, the sad reality is that there is a whole lot of kids who grew up way too fast having to defend themselves and their family and their mother because I'm like I wear a niqab, I wear, I, I wear a face veil um, and a hijab. So my children have had to defend me from like second grade, first grade, I think. Uh, my son, you know, why does your mom look like a ninja? And things like that. Because so, she's awesome? <laughs> you're right. But but, it, but it's it's been like that. So I think that there is, you know, we have to speak to the fact that there's some kids who have to grow up fast and become mm-hmm. defenders of themselves before they even realize who they, you know, like they don't even know who what what they're stepping into, but they're told that you are this, and you have to you have to basically unchain them from all those those stereotypes and tell them no, you're not, and teach them from a younger age. Like I've had to ta- teach my sons that they can't use certain words with their friends because there's a good chance that they're going to be called out, and if they do, that there's a world they will not accept their explanation for yeah. that. And and you know even like labels, even like things. Small things when when Muslims were were being targeted a lot more a couple of years ago, we've had to have some really serious, unfortunate talks with our sons about just to be safe in situations. So there is a good portion. My daughter wears a hijab; she's seven years, old, and she's had to defend it. And so you know these go these kids are growing resilient, but sometimes at the expense of their innocence as well. So grateful for that viewpoint. And it just reminded me how, you know, when we were kids, we left school and we left school. Yeah. We were at home. We were with our friends. Like we didn't jump on social media. We didn't have our phones to be bullied through. Like we had we had a good separation from at least a portion of time where we had to show up a certain way, you know? So it's scary and fascinating at the same time, really. Yeah. I think that, well, obviously there's a whole lot more to talk about because Tom Keen, your topic is... So good. Like you, just how you wrap that up is a nice play into the next topic to discuss. But thank you guys for listening and being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Unfiltered Moms so that more moms can listen.